This is how it started every, every week. And I can't get enough of this passage. It makes something well up inside me every time I read it. 29.11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And he shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. What I've continued to learn about peace since those messages that I gave that uh, probably the greatest evidence of peace in someone is uh, the peace of God in someone is patience. And of course, my wife would probably agree that I'm not the best person to speak on patience, but uh, my kids maybe say the same thing. (laughs) Uh, Co-workers. No, I, I was studying for this, and I kept hearing in my head, "Patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue." And that, you know, it's something that I've heard. You know, it's just a, a saying. You know, that you hear frequently, or not. I don't know frequently, but it, it's something that probably all of us have heard. And so I just googled it. I just thought, well, I don't know where this is going, so I'm just going to put it in Google and see. And Google knows a lot of stuff, I promise you. But it led me to a, a fifth-century poem called. Psychomachia, I think I'm saying that right. And uh, it's called The Battle of the Spirits. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, but this poem talks about the seven heavenly virtues battling against the seven deadly sins. So, and it gave each of these virtues a characteristics, like a person. Uh, they even called them he and her and, and stuff. And, uh, and the seven deadly sins, the same thing. But Patience is one of the seven heavenly virtues. What do y'all think that if you know the seven deadly sins that don't necessarily believe that those are the only sins and maybe the root of a lot of sins, but what do you think patience battles? Patience battles wrath. In the poem, anger, which is wrath, attacks patience. And it says, but cannot defeat or even injure her. And driven mad with frustration, anger ultimately kills herself instead. Wrath or anger comes up against patience. It just boils up until it implodes. It can't even injure patience. One of the definitions in that uh, article I was reading is that, speaking of patience, is that forbearance comes from moderation, enduring the seemingly unbearable with dignity, building a sense of peaceful stability and harmony rather than conflict, hostility, and antagonism, Resolving issues and arguments respectfully as opposed to resorting to anger and fighting. Showing forgiveness and being merciful to criminals and sinners. That's probably the best definition of patience that I could come up with or read. If you're curious about that that poem, uh, what fights against what? It's humility versus pride, kindness versus envy, temperance versus gluttony, chastity versus lust, patience against anger, liberality against greed, uh, diligence against slothfulness, so, just in case you were curious. But I, I thought that was really profound that anger can't even injure patience when it comes up against true patience. It can't do anything. I want to look at First uh, Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. One of the greatest evidences of peace, I said, is patience. One of the greatest evidences of patience is kindness. 
And that's how I believe that Paul was trying to speak towards these men that the, the, of Thessalonica, that uh, their patience will be shown in kindness. And I believe that that's a lot of why 1 Corinthians 13, uh, which we'll go there next, talks about uh, the, the love chapter. I mean, it's, it gives a description of love, which is actually the description of God and, and how He sees us and looks at us. Um, so, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Charity suffereth long, or love, which in this case, this word is a... Agape in Greek, which is unconditional love. Agape suffereth long, or agape is patient and is kind, and envieth not, love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I believe there's a a reason for the order where it says love is patient, love is kind. Because I believe the fruit of patience is kindness. You know, I've never uh, really met an impatient person that, that was kind. Honestly, impatient Christians are probably the worst people you can come up to or talk to because they usually feel justified in their frustration or in their impatience or, or, or whatever it may be. Um, but patience... Is, and this may be true for every day and age. All I know is about our day and age. And our day and age, patience is not very common. You know, everything we can, we can get information now, now, now. We can know where somebody's at now. I mean, call them up. We can, they can send us their GPS location. You know, we can get on Amazon and two days later we got what we wanted. Free shipping, right? So putting patience... In this, to me, in this day and age, is very difficult putting it into practice. Um, so, being patient with things that God desires in us, we can't look forward to the next season. We have to live in the season we are now. We have to be patient for the next season. It's kind of, kind of what I was trying to get at. Because if we try to force that, God will stop, and He will wait on us, because He is patience. He says, 1 John 4, I think verse 8 says, God is love. And there we have a great description of what love is, so what God is. You know, being frustrated and impatient with uh, people, it, all it can do is tear down a relationship. So I had an experience uh, two to three years ago with someone that I did not show any patience with. It was a coworker, And I was deceived about something and I got angry about it and I let him know. And it was one of those mistakes that you think about every single day. So I, I begged God to let that moment die. I just let that die in Him, and maybe the next time I see Him, you know, it won't, won't be so bad. And I didn't force it. I didn't try to call the guy. I didn't do anything. I just said, you know, I'm just going to wait. And I had a moment where I saw Him again. It was about a year later. You know, that feeling of taking a, a thorn out of your hand, and Randy uses that illustration a lot, how God wants to take those thorns out. He wants to remove any kind of gray in our lives. And that was a gray in my life because it was holding me back because I, I could think about that every, every day. I mean, I'd get by myself and that's the thought that would come in my head. I allowed God to do that and I, I used the patience that He gave me to wait until the perfect moment. When I had that perfect moment with Him, I apologized, of course, but it was more than that because it, 
it was already uh, resolved in Him. God had gone before me as I was being patient for His moment. He went before me and resolved it within Him. And then He was able to display forgiveness towards me. That is... I love that analogy of the thorn because if I would have forced it, it, that could have made the thorn go deeper. And that's what, you know, when our kids come up with that thorn, we, we want to take it out right away, but we don't necessarily want them to do it because what if they make it go deeper and it's harder to get out? It's more painful to get out. So that's what I want you all to understand about patience is that we have to wait on the moments that God gives us. We as a church cannot exhibit the... Uh, the manifold wisdom of God as, as He intends us to if we don't patiently wait. So, you know, this, we'll destroy ourselves in the same way that anger did in that poem. It shows in a lot of churches, if you go to one that's trying to sell God, you'll see people working to the point of exhaustion. You'll see people trying to sell heaven. You'll see people that are just absolutely exhausted and tired. And like I said a minute ago, they're, they're uh, never living in the current season. They're only striving for the next. That term, patience is a virtue, is really... Actually, it's just three words, but they're pro very profound. I want to go to Isaiah thirty-two seventeen. This verse is talking about peace, but it really speaks to what, what I believe the Lord was trying to tell us tonight. So Isaiah 32:17, and, and the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. The word quietness in Hebrew is, of course, to be quiet, be tranquil, be tranquil, be at peace, rest, lie, be still, or lie still and be undisturbed. It sounds a lot like patience. That word, y'all haven't heard it, that the word peace in verse 17 is the word shalom in uh, Hebrew, and it doesn't really necessarily mean the same thing in English because the word shalom means um, happiness, well-being, prosperity. It's not like we think of, or when I think of peace, I think of just someone who's undisturbed. But it's so much more than that, the word shalom, and whenever you translate it directly from the Hebrew text. So uh, let's pray and we'll be done. Lord, we thank you for... Uh, for this word tonight, we uh, thank you for the word of patience, and that you could uh, maybe just remind us about it. Uh, uh, I hope the words that came out, Lord, were easy to hear and easy to understand, and that they would rest upon each heart to to exhibit uh, patience and to live in this season and, and never never strive for the next. We never never want to sell you. Never want to sell you. We want people to experience you. And we know the only way that uh, you desire for them to experience you is through us, for us to release you. And so it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.